The following is a lesson in a series on life, liberty, and property brought to you by Republic Keepers and is presented and discussed by the Attorney General of the Republic State of Texas, Chaplain Raymond. This lesson discusses a book by the same name, Life, Liberty, and Property, written by Charles A. Wiseman, of which can be purchased at his website, seek-info.com, at amazon.com, or small bookstores such as Brave New Books in Austin, Texas. The ISBN number for this book is 0-966-8921-9-4. Life, Liberty, and Property is an educational series for sovereign souls on the dry land, and the information about fundamental law and the unwritten constitution cannot be utilized by those individuals that are domiciled in the District of Columbia. To understand your domicile status, please review the two constitutions, two domiciles document on republickeepers.com. We hope you enjoy this lesson on life, liberty, and property. We're continuing in Chapter 8 of the Charles A. Wiseman book, Life, Liberty, and Property, and we're at the section in Chapter 8 called The Right to Labor, Work, and Business. Now, this is very significant. This ties into Internal Revenue Code sentences, as you if you've studied, you will probably suspect. The right to labor, work, and business. The right to work fully encompasses the right to life, liberty, and property. Everyone is to have the liberty to engage in any lawful work, business, or avocation. A person's labor or business which he owns is regarded as his property, and one's ability to work, labor, or pursue a business is a part of their right to life, since they cannot sustain a livelihood without such things. Excuse me. The right to work is a God-given right. As Jesus said, a worker is worthy of his meat. Matthews 10.10 There have been instances where the government has attempted to prescribe the number of hours per day or per week that an employer can have his employees work. In such a case, the Supreme Court of Illinois said, the people whether employers or employees have the right to contract for labor, which cannot be infringed upon by government. The privilege of contracting is both a liberty and a property right. Liberty includes the right to acquire property, and that, me and that means and includes the right to make and enforce contracts. Labor is property. And the laborer has the same right to sell his labor and to contract with references thereto as any other property owner. In this country, the legislature has no power to prevent persons who are sui juris from making their own contracts, nor can it interfere with the freedom of contract between the workman and the employer. The right to labor 
or employ labor and make contracts in respect thereto upon such terms as may be agreed upon between the parties is included in the constitutional guarantee. No person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. In Colorado, the legislature had passed a law that limited the period of employment of working men in all underground mines and in smelters today eight hours per day. The state Supreme Court said the measure was not a valid exercise of the police power since the health of the miners alone and not the public at large was its object. It also stated, how can one be said injuriously to affect others or interfere with these great objects to secure public health, etc., by doing an act which confessedly visits its consequences on himself alone? The welfare of the people is indeed the supreme law, but this maxim cannot be twisted to sustain a law violating private rights which contemplates the promotion of the welfare of less than the entire people. Our Bill of Rights expressly says that government is solely for the good of the whole. It is beyond the power of the legislature under the guise of the police power to prohibit an adult man who desires to work thereat from working more than eight hours a day on the ground that working longer he may or probably will injure his own health. Every person sui juris has a right to make use of his labor in any lawful employment on his own behalf and to hire it out in the service of others. This is one of the first and highest of civil rights. Another means to use to control labor and deprive citizens of inherent rights is by schemes of labor unionization. In an Illinois case, a man named Gillespie had fired a man because he belonged to a labor union. Gillespie was charged with violating a statute that said it was unlawful to keep any employee from joining or belonging to any lawful labor union. He was convicted, but it was reversed on appeal, holding the law under review declares that to be a crime which consists alone in the exercise of a constitutional right, to wit, that of terminating a contract, one of the essential attributes of property indeed property itself, we deny the power of the legislature to do this, to brand as in offense that which the Constitution designates and declares to be a right. And therefore, and it is nothing more or less than a legislative judgment and an attempt to deprive all who are included within its terms of a constitutional right without due process of law. His sole offense consisted in refusing to give employment to a man 
who belong to a labor organization. In other words, he merely exercised his constitutional right of terminating a contract or refusing to make a contract. Liberty includes not only the right to labor, but to refuse labor, and to consequently the right to contract to labor and for labor, and to terminate such contracts, and to refuse to make such contracts. The legislature cannot prevent persons who are sewage from laboring or from making such contracts as they see fit to make relative to their own lawful labor. Unquote. A citizen cannot be compelled to give employment to another, for all have the right to make or terminate contracts of employment. Individuals who have the opportunities and positions for work have as much right to discriminate in whom they will hire or fire as does, as does the worker in deciding with whom he will work. The right of discriminating between union and non-union labor has been upheld in all early courts, including the U.S. Supreme Court and is thus res judicata. The rights of liberty and property are entangled of working and hiring. It is a constitutional right of an employer to refuse to have business relations with any person or with any labor organization, and it is immaterial what his reasons are. The most effective means in undermining and controlling the rights of labor and business have been by laws imposing licenses, taxes, and certificate requirements upon the laborer or the business. In Florida, members of the State Board of Accountancy filed suit against several persons to prevent them from holding themselves out as accountants and from using the word accountant in their ads as they were not certified public accountants. The Supreme Court said that they had a right to do accounting work. Quote, we agree with the Oklahoma court that to prohibit non-certified accountants in this state from doing routine accounting work in their own offices rather than in that of an employer and to require them to designate themselves as bookkeepers rather than as accountants is in conflict with the spirit and the express provisions of the Constitution and void. In this, that it abridges the right of property and infringes upon the right of contract in matters purely of private concern, bearing no perceptible relation to the general or public welfare, and thereby tends to create a monopoly in the profession of accountancy for the benefit of certified accountants. A man named Delbert Brown was charged with engaging in the business of a master plumber without a master plumber's license as was required by the plumbing license law. This law also prohibited one to be a journeyman plumber who is not approved of by a master plumber. The county court held 
provisions of the law unconstitutional and the people brought error to reverse. The Supreme Court of Illinois sustained the decision stating, quote, a person's business, profession, trade, occupation, labor, and the avails from each constitute property envisioned in the due process provision. The right to follow any of these activities is liberty, as also envisioned therein. Statutes under the police power must be construed, if possible, so as to avoid infringing any of these basic rights. The legislature, by the act under consideration, has interfered with the inherent right of citizens freely and of their own choice to engage in the legitimate vocation of learning the trade of journeyman plumber and being a master plumber, unquote. Where an ordinance prohibited the storing of hides within the city limits without permission, that's a license, from the city council, it was held invalid since the business of storing hides and pelts is not a nuisance per se. The court said that the common businesses and callings of life, the ordinary trades and pursuits, which are innocuous in themselves, have been followed in all communities from time immemorial and must therefore be free in this country to all alike. In Barthet v. New Orleans, 24 Federal 564, an ordinance of the city was held invalid, which made it unlawful to maintain a slaughterhouse except permission be granted by the council of the city. In Richmond v. Dudley, 129 Indiana, 112, 28 Northeast, 312, an ordinance forbidding the storing of inflammable oils within city limits without permission of the Common Council was held void. In State v. Dewberry, 44 Louisiana, and 1117, 11-7, 718, an ordinance of the city of the New Orleans was held void because it prohibited the setting up of any private market without permission of the city council. The use of licensing or a license tax has been a common means to control the labor or business of citizens. A confusion on the matter arises with the difference between a mere business tax from that of a license or license tax. The latter, which cannot be levied on a legitimate business or work, which every citizen has an inherent right to engage in. The distinction was revealed in the following decision, quote, The object of a license is to confer a right that does not exist without a license. A common right is not the creation of a, of a license. By a license, that is permitted which cannot be done without permission. And to say a person is permitted, licensed, to do what he may lawfully do without permission is a misuse of words. Hence, 
unless it can be shown that a simple tax on the traffic of liquor enlarges the privileges of those engaged in it or confers a right that did not previously exist, there is no ground for saying that the tax is a license of the business. The distinction between the tax upon the business and what might be termed a license is that the former is enacted by reason of the fact that the business is carried on, and the latter is enacted as a precedent to the right to carry it on. In the one case, the individual may rightfully engage in and carry on the business without paying the tax. In the other, he cannot. Since the object of a license is to confer a right that does not exist without the license, where one has an inherent or inalienable right to do something, the state cannot compel him to obtain a license, license as a condition of performing that right. It is a practice in socialist states to make every commercial activity a privilege granted by the state. In Texas, a statute was passed levying an occupation task of $5,000 on persons engaging in the business of purchasing assignments of unearned wages. Since the tax was a prohibitive tax, requiring one to first pay the state the 5000 before engaging in the business, the tax was of the nature of a privilege tax or license and thus was held to be an unlawful restraint on the freedom of trade. Quote, a person living under the protection of this government has the right to adopt and follow any lawful industrious pursuit, not injurious to the community, which he may see fit. It is not a man's wages or his time property. I'm sorry, excuse me. Is not a man's wages or his time property? If so, he has not the right to sell and convey such property. i got to read that one again also. If so, has he not the right under the Constitution to sell and convey such property? If a law be passed that prohibits the purchase of his time or labor, does it not abridge his right of contract? Unquote. In New Hampshire, a revenue bill was drafted which imposed privileged taxes on persons engaged in various vocations, occupations, or businesses. Many of the occupations involved only the ordinary transactions of private life. Thus, they contain no element subject to supervision, either under the police power or as things affected with a public use. The state Supreme Court said, quote, the act questionably exceeds the legislative power. Even in jurisdiction where excises are authorized, the power to lay them does not extend to the imposition of a charge upon the exercise of a common right, unquote. 
In the state of Mississippi, a privilege tax was imposed on each individual firm or corporation doing a plumbing business. A man named Wilby was indicted by a grand jury for unlawfully conducting a plumbing business without first paying the privilege tax. It was held that such tax can only be applied to corporations or subcontractors, not citizens. Liberty, in its broad sense, must consist in the right to follow any of the ordinary callings of life without being trammeled. The right to follow any of the common occupations of life is an inalienable right. Legislation of this kind is on the increase. It is stealthily stealing its way into the statutes for the ostensible purpose of raising revenue for the state. When in truth and in fact the only purpose of the promoters of such legislation is to control the business to which it is directed, to shut out competition, create a monopoly, and force those unable to pay the tax and possessing a knowledge of the business to look to the ones in control of the monopoly for employment. And this is the end of the lesson for the day, Chuck? Yes, it is.